Hi, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we explore Issue 3 of the Tracer London Calling comic and more off-season moves from the league. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Hope you had a great Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Thanksgiving weekend to all of you who observe such things in the capitalist society that we live in today. Uh, how have you been, Kevin? How, did you go Black Friday, Cyber Mondaying? How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, I, I did a little bit of each, I think. Um, mostly I'm, I'm trying to get gifts for, uh, for people for christmas because that's usually what i use my cyber monday and black friday for yeah um just trying to get gifts uh i did treat myself though i bought a lot of manga um and i bought more computer storage so i can start on a new project uh that i've been working on um and then yeah for thanksgiving obviously everybody has been trying to do something different um my family cooked a turkey uh this time this year uh usually they don't usually we go over to my uncle who does it every year um but my dad we got him a traeger for father's day so he's been using you know the barbecue grill for a while and he figured out how to like cook it and so we had a really solid turkey uh this year but i don't think people realize that like when you have turkey for thanksgiving you don't have turkey for thanksgiving you have turkey for like a week straight after thanksgiving that's just yep, that's, that's just how it works so um it's been getting a little thing. it's part of the holiday yeah it's part of the holiday it's like learning how to use the turkey for every piece but um yeah you gotta learn how to get creative with using the turkey meat you can't just have turkey only uh i've been throwing it in quesadillas i've been throwing it in omelets i've been just mixing it up here and there um but yeah i have to like infuse turkey in it it's like a literal it's like iron chef but every single like secret ingredient item has to be turkey how sick are you of turkey right now oh i'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty si- i'm almost to the point where i'm just like yeah I, I i can i can not have turkey for a year and be okay uh <laughs> like um yeah i think i've had turkey every day it's as of now it is december 2nd i've had turkey like every day since thanksgiving so it's almost been a full week um boy and I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't need any more. Like, I, I could, I could do okay without this. Uh, how about you? How was your, how was your week, your holiday week? Um, Thanksgiving was okay. We didn't, we, we like stopped actually making stuff a couple years ago. Like, we actually used to make the turkey and and everything, but we decided, you know what? It's just easier and a lot more time savey to just buy food and this year like is the first year we didn't actually like buy the any turkey we just got ham instead um we went to the honey baked and got a ham from there and some mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce and whatnot and it's it's really good but like (laughs) I, i i ate ham i think yesterday december 1st was the only day that i didn't have ham for like the past week since 
Thanksgiving happened. Uh, but there's still some left and we still have the bones. So we might make ham bone soup for that. But Black Friday, I did a little bit of Black Fridaying. I was going to get the laptop. I went to Best Buy for like, what is it? Like three days this last week to try to like determine whether I wanted to buy this laptop or not. And like, what was it? Two days ago? Two days ago, I had like the Apple 8 gig 512 um, M1 in my hands. And then I like was right about to pay. And I decided, you know what? I can't fully commit to this because like, even though it's like supposedly super fast and everything, like I want a 16 gig. They don't have a gig. I can just gigs of RAM on here like I did with my current laptop. So, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to hold off for another year until they release the, hopefully they're planning on releasing the 16 gig. There's like speculation that they might do another round of updated M1s. So um, yeah, that's where I'm currently at. Uh, Cyber Monday, I just bought a couple of, of gifts for people. Um, oh yeah, and Black Friday, I also picked up uh, Hades. And I've been playing that nonstop for the last couple of days. Like I, I fully understand now why it's game of the year contender because like normally I hate games that are super repetitive, but like I've just been throwing myself again and again and again and again and again at this game. And it's still like every run through is still like super compelling and super fun. And I love how like they reveal mm-hmm. story through like the little snippets and comments. And like, I'm kind of disappointed when like I've died too many times and then they don't have anything else to say. I, I like that one. Um, it, like it's not repetitive in terms of like what happens in the run. It's more like, you know, you have to run through the motions depending on which weapon you have. Right. But um, it, it's fun though. Like sometimes you, you get certain upgrades that you don't expect um, and you just have to, you got to work with what you got. So yeah, that's just the main point of that game. There's like a lot of strategizing to go into it. Cause like you have to pick which uh, boon you get now and then you have to plan for what you might get later. Yeah. It's like, do I, do I get a cast or do I get a dash one here? Yeah. Or uh, like what which one am I using um and like you know chaos boons how much what do I take mm-hmm. <laughs> and so on and so forth like whenever I'm doing dash I like I generally don't buy a dash unless there's like absolutely no chance I'll get another um Athena dash because like, yeah that deflect is so useful so useful yeah it's just too good so now I'm like very conflicted as to whether I want ghost of Tsushima to win game of the year or if I want Hades to win Game of the Year. Because Ghost of Tsushima is just absolutely yeah. beautiful. It's like so immersive. There's, there's just so much to do. Um, and I spent a lot mm-hmm. of time in that game. I think it's like overall, it's a more, it feels like a more complete package than Hades does. And I think, I, have they added online to that yet? Because I know they were planning to do it. I don't know yet. Because I know they were planning on creating like an open world online thing kind of like a red dead online style but i feel like that that gave a lot of a more complete package but hades like hades might be a smaller package but it's still ridiculously fun and it's like it's very inventive i think it takes um the whole procedurally generated style and the dungeon crawler style and and does a lot of unique things with it um plus Mm -hmm. i'm not bored of it i got bored of like the the play style of tsushima after a while um mm-hmm. 
And there's like, there's always like, just when I think that there's nothing else to kind of unlock or try, like the game will like, hey, no, pay attention to me some more. And then I was like, okay, fine, I'll pay attention. I'll, I'll unlock more stuff and pay more attention to you. So I don't know which one wins, but if either of those two is going to take the, the game of the year nom, I will be perfectly happy. Have you done any overwatching this week so far? I I finished the, uh, what was it? The event ended on Tuesday, so I did get that skin. I think you got it way earlier than I did, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. I tried to get it. I think I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, I, I played competitive with a friend from a long time ago. Um, it was like, she was on the... Uh, the university of san francisco team and we just like hung out once after karaoke and we exchanged like our battle tags and now we're just like oh well we might as well play so i just want the event skin <laughs> but yeah competitive is too crazy for me i i can't do it <laughs> yeah we had our, our last game of the season for um the zomnix and uh we were we're where our two our tier one is like up to gold we were playing against a team that was like diamond plat almost and so like we got a couple picks on them but we still got steamrolled just because we knew that was going to happen it's just the weird way that the the league right now is organizing their tiers i think it should be reorganized to like be season high not current sr but um that's a team i think for the league to figure out but we're, we're on like a little break right now so we're i, don't, I think we're probably not going to be practicing today just kind of taking an off week and then back at it um but yeah a disappointing end of the season but at least we got our first win like actual win not a default win anyway yeah. let's oh yeah. no, no 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 it was just like yeah good good yeah. good job <laughs> like getting that first win is always something that it took my team a while to do, but mm -hmm. once you once you get one and you feel confident as a team, like it really does escalate the way how you how you play as a yeah. as a team. You know that it works. Like whatever you did worked. So right. see the thing is when we're playing against teams in our, our regular SR level, like the way that the league is organized, it's there's some bleed through in between like tiers. But whenever we're playing against a team that's like actually at our level we either beat them or like it's a two to it's a three to two. So um, I think next season, if, if we are actually playing against teams that are at our level, we'll be fine. Like whenever we, we lose against these teams with, we realize it's not our fault. It's just that they're a better team than us. And it's just like, although it'd be nice to win a lot of us playing is just, it's fun to have a team to play with that you know and like have friends to play with. It's it's like winning's nice, but for us, it's like eh, it's icing on the cake. All right, so let's move into the actual news of the week. Um, so I think it was yesterday, Monday, that they released the issue three of the Tracer London Calling comic. Um recap from the last two issues tracer is 
in London. This is during the time of the Mondata assassination. She's made some friends with some Omnics who live in the underground of King's Row. Um, there's a lot of discontent and uprising in between like the, the humans and the Omnics of London. The Omnics need some parts to replace their um, kind of their power source that keeps their civilization or their, their settlement running. Um, and Tracer's trying to help them with that. But then comes Widowmaker and shoots poor Mandata in the head. And then now there's a lot of fallout from that. I'm sorry if you haven't read this already. Um, just kind of cover your ears for the next couple of seconds. Um, this issue goes into a little bit of the fallout after that. There's not a whole lot that happens. Um, Tracer's Chrono Accelerator is damaged. Um, there's a riot after the assassination. The police brutality happens because, of course, it was going to happen. And they use like these giant sonic cannons and kill a couple of Omnics, which is not good for human Omnic relations. And then Tracer is kicked out of the underground because she's human. Um, and then her chronal accelerator glitches out. And then now she's she's in trouble. And the end of the comic in like the tune in next time thing says tracer struggles to plan her next move after our friend patches up her chronal accelerator in the underworld an assassination attempt is made on case who is the leader of the anti-human zomnic revolution further fueling that omnic rebellion um yeah at the very end of the comic like tracer's like spazzing out on the ground and there's this ominous looking omnic in like a cloak or whatever just standing over her menacingly so i'm thinking they're going to introduce another omnic character into this but again like i i still don't see the point of setting this comic in this time period i don't think there's much else that you can really say um i read commentary from uh the website but why though and their their take is that the blizzard might be trying to set up some major lore event with this comic but I mean, you're already talking about something that already happened that's pretty major. I don't really see what you can do to make this even more major or to overshadow the assassination of Mandata. And even then, like, I think I'm like speaking for myself here, and I'm guessing some people might agree with me, is that I would have rather had a major event from a different time period or involving different characters because, like, I think the assassination of Mandata has been pretty well explored by now and the fact that like you're on issue three and nothing happens is it, it's it feels really pointless yeah i i understand them trying to add stuff to it but this event happened literally at the very beginning of our overwatch like introduction um so we really don't have a lot to go off of um or like we kind of know everything that happened already um I agree with you. We should have picked like a different time or a different thing. Like, I I would have loved a comic explaining why Hanzo had to kill Genji, right? Like that would have that would have given us not only like you know the suspense but also like the the why, um, that and like maybe the recovery process for Genji. Uh, we kind of know how that worked, but um, another one would have been that would have been fun. Would have been like uh mccree and ash in the deadlock gang and knowing like you know how all that happened and fell apart 
I think the the deadlock thing is coming in a book though. I the, hope so. The next <laughs> uh, the next novel that they're doing, I remember reading is they're planning on doing Ash and McCree. But that's still definitely like that's something that's still unanswered at this point. That'd be really interesting to see like how they fell out or how they started the gang. I think maybe like a, an interesting one would have been like the early days of Reinhardt, how he got into the uh, Crusaders. So aside from this comic, the uh, Dark Horse and Blizzard told us that they were going to release. Um, wait, is today Wednesday? Yes. Oh my God. I'm running around thinking today is Tuesday. So today, um, actually, um, the comic, the first issue of the uh, London Calling comic came out in print, like physical editions from Blizzard and Dark Horse. So um, if you are so inclined and if you have a comic shop near you or if you want to order it, you can have the physical. Um, It is, of course, free online. uh, one of the things about the physical that you can do that you can't get online is that there are there's a variant cover and if you don't know what that is um, in comics they do this thing where um, there's a, a normal cover and then there's a, like an alternate cover that they release with usually with a different artist or maybe the same artist just doing a different take um, so that is coming out for or this ha- that has come out for issue one they're probably going to do them for all of the issues I think there's a bundle that you can buy they're also doing a lithograph like a big old print um i think it's of Widowmaker like aiming at tracer so that's also available um but yeah this is a. am waiting i'm still waiting for this to get good i'm probably i'm gonna pick up the issue because it's like what three bucks might as well but i'm still waiting for this comic to get good so moving on um we are in december now today is december 2nd when we were recording. So the winter event should come out within the next week or the week after. So in this next two week span, hopefully, um, I don't think we'll really get much new. We only have the two modes, um, Yeti mode, Yeti Hunter and May Snowball Offensive. So we are probably gonna be getting um, the, the challenge mode. So I'm guessing what it's gonna look like is maybe one week is you'll have two challenges on snowball offensive one week you'll have two challenges on yeti and then the last week maybe one of each or you'll get one uh one for each mode each week and they'll just be different um then there's also going to be skins there's also going to be skins to unlock um i don't know how i feel about the winter event though yeah, they, they might do the thing again where they uh they do it by week, where it's usually a three-week event. They'll probably do the Twitch viewing thing. They'll probably have you do the nine wins to get a skin thing again. Um, but that's all fine. I honestly think that that's, that's fine for the winter event. We just I just hope that they don't skip out on skins this year. Uh, that's pretty much one of the very few things that keeps players coming back, uh, including yeah. myself. Um, so <laughs> please have some good skins this year um and yeah just just try to try to get your skins while you can i think the only skins i liked from last year were the sigma rhyme skin and the reaper rat king skin i don't have rat king which made me sad but i i mean for me winter event is not my favorite event it's definitely the halloween event 
Also, why don't we have a third event for the winter thing? I feel like we sh- we sh- at this point we should have had a third one because we had the first year they gave us a snowball offensive. Uh-huh. Second year they gave us yeah they they rehashed snowball offensive for the third year. It's to be that team snowball offensive. But so like, like the first one was like free for all. The the next one is whatever. But yeah, I I would like another mode please because i feel like the most effective um well i mean i i would say halloween was effective too but for the challenge modes at least i think the most interesting one was when they did the um the archives event because you had three different events and each week you could focus on um one event to do challenges for uh i think that uh junkenstein worked with the challenges just because we don't have a lot of pve right now in overwatch and the challenges were actually fairly difficult to to go through it took me a long while to get through them um but with the winter event like i don't really since it's not like pve i'm I'm trying to figure out and and like speculate how they're going to do challenge modes on that because all the challenge modes so far have been on pve events yeah, I, I hope that there is another mode this year. Like, even if it's small, um, I would be fine with it. Just if if we had something else to bring people together, it's always good. Um, but yeah, we, we don't know. As, as long as Overwatch keeps us on our toes and it's just not like, oh, we didn't come up with a new mode. We got your new skins. Here's your <laughs> right. challenge pack. Like, like okay. Um, but honestly, I hope that we get something new we really need it from overwatch if they're going to keep people going and i feel like this event and obviously lunar new year are going to be the biggest events that they need to work on because if you have involvement still in overwatch one when you announce when you should announce overwatch two in february uh you should at least have people who are still on on board or at least have a pulse on the scene yeah the thing about the winter event that makes me wonder and like just about winter stuff in general um just considering that america is just output so much like christmas material and that we're in the northern hemisphere like what do people in the southern hemisphere feel like when they see all this snow event? because like for us when it's cold i'm pretty sure like in the southern hemisphere and like places like australia like it's hot so they have Christmas in like in hot Christmas Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all those events. They have them in the uh their warm season while it's in our cold season. So like how do y'all feel about this? That's my that's what I'm I'm wondering. And also, so you mentioned Overwatch 2 just now, and I was looking at I was just scrolling through the internet to try to find things to talk about this week. Um and there was an article, I can't remember from where. But it's 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 looking at Overwatch two, as it's considering it like how it's reinventing how sequels of games are conceptualized and released, um, it, and it's saying that since Overwatch two is keeping uh, Overwatch one as it the Overwatch one online play as its base, it's not changing that, and it's letting people who don't buy the second game still play. Um, do you really consider that super revolutionary, Kevin? Because I, on one hand, yes, 
it, like if you look at Call of Duty, they release a new one every year. And if you want to play with your friends on the new one, you have to have the new one. You can't just like play on Modern Warfare and then play with someone on Cold War, right? So considering that Overwatch is doing this and it's not forcing you to buy Overwatch 2 to play, is is that really all that revolutionary for a sequel? Yeah, it. I, I don't know. It feels like you're buying DLC, really. Uh, yeah. But on the other hand, it is kind of cool that they are not completely abandoning the old game and just saying like well this doesn't work anymore (laughs) they're saying like you can still play it's just you know a slightly different motion Mm -hmm. and financially though like how do you how is this going to work because like if they're not making you buy the new one unless you're like super into the story like the, the diehard fans of Overwatch are like this. There's no incentive for you to buy the new one. So how is how is Blizzard gonna make money? Because with Call of Duty, Activision makes gobs and gobs of money each time they release a new game. Because people want to play the newest thing with their friends. I feel like the the one thing that they were saying is if you play the original Overwatch one and just Overwatch, um, they were gonna put a cap on like you can't queue for competitive. That was one, and then huh. I think another one was like. Um, you could only play a certain number of matches uh, in unrated. So that way it incentivizes them to... Well, it it wasn't like you can't... No, you could play as many unrated games as you can. You won't earn loot boxes as often. Uh-huh. So that was the other thing. It's like you'll get less stuff, but you can still play. Interesting. So pretty much you'd be kind of, you wouldn't be earning your awards as fast as other people. So the events would kind of suck for you. Yes. And then you'd mostly be stuck doing quick play then. Yep. So if you weren't as invested in, if you were just like a casual player, Kevin, would you be buying Overwatch 2? Knowing those considerations. Like if, if you didn't actually like care about lore and story. I mean, I feel like as a casual player, I think I'd be fine playing just quick play and Uh stuff like that as long as my friends are fine with it i feel like the only restriction is like at a certain point you would want to get the cosmetics more and that's when they get you with the you know the paywall gate Mm -hmm. uh but once you do that i feel like people will be like oh okay well i might as well just i think i would buy it just to buy it (laughs) just to say i have it you know that that compulsive collector consumer mentality is Got me in deep. Okay, so moving on to league things. There's been a lot of trades going on in the past. I guess discussions have been going on for a while, but like things have finally like come to light in the past couple of weeks. A lot of these are still um, waiting for league approval. So even though they've been announced, they're not like official yet, although they probably will be considering they have been announced. Um, so as we talked about last time, we talked about the league. Um, the Paris Eternal have pretty much purged their roster, including all of their French players, which um, was really sad to see considering they are a French team and their team did them like better than anyone expected this year. Um, and so according to a tweet from Ben Best, it looks like he hasn't gotten any offers. And as far as he's saying that like, he doesn't think he's going to have an opportunity to play in the league this upcoming season, which is, weird like they did 
a really good job this last season. Why is nobody picking them up? And like people are spec, like people were joking. The reason why he hasn't been picked up is because he's not Korean. And the teams right now, they just want their Korean players, which I think is the wrong move. I feel like if anything, it could be the fact that I don't, I don't know if Overwatch League is going to actually do it, but I feel like there there's going to be a shortage of teams this year. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of teams that haven't been making offseason moves, and I've been noticing that. Like, you know, one like Paris Eternal, uh, the, the Charge, the... Um, there's like some teams that haven't made any moves to acquire new players. So I don't know if they're going to thin out the league. Um, and if they do, um, I think it would be okay if we, if we lost four teams, right? Uh, I think we're at what we're at 20 teams, right? Yeah. We're at 20. Am I correct? 12 yeah. in uh, so if we, North America and eight in APAC. Yeah. So if we removed four teams, um, you'd have a block of 16, which makes any tournament bracket really easy to format. So um, I feel like that could be the case. I don't want to say we're going to lose four teams for sure, but if we do have four teams that that drop off the map, the, the pool for players is going to be a lot smaller. Um, not only that, but like at that point, players who are playing in Tier 2 will have to be competing for you know the number one slot it makes the Mm -hmm. slots harder to get but also um the level of play is going to be rising uh because just teams are going to be more stacked in general i think my issue with this though is if you lose those teams then because they're they're still going to be at least for now their format's still going to be broken up into na and apac so if you lose those teams, then what are we just going to get the same thing as we did beginning of pandemic, where it's just the same teams facing off each week and it gets kind of boring. Like I don't even think the tournament format can fix that because the tournament format fixed a lot of things as soon as other teams came in. But if it's the same tournament with the same, just what four teams in that's, I think that's what we had in APAC at the beginning, like four teams in APAC. Then what's the point of watching APAC? Because I, I don't feel yeah. like even with the minor changes that or even major changes that they might have in uh, metas, like if your team is good, they'll pick up on how to play that meta well and then they'll just steamroll again. Yeah, I do agree. I feel like if we do have the, the APAC uh, and a split again, um, it is going to make it very hard to play games in general. But I feel like what they can do, I wouldn't recommend this for the league because I don't know if they have the funds or even the backing to do it. But bring back Blizzard Arena and like... Do the bubble? Do the bubble. I feel like that's the best way to keep your game alive. Um, and it it's easier to manage too because like, you know, player houses are typically a thing anyway. So... Like, if one of them does contract COVID, you know which team to just quarantine. Uh, and if you have them in LA in general, like, the ping itself is going to be okay. Um, mm-hmm. Even if they have to play remotely. Like, it will be interesting to see, obviously, but I think it's doable. Do you think the players would be okay with this? Because that's that's a year in the bubble. Yeah. Um, Unless they take, like, breaks in between, like, like they have like 
part one of the season, then they'll take a brief break, so like a month or so, so they can go back and be with their families for a couple weeks. Man, I like, mean, yeah, I like the stage format that they had. Like you do it in stages where it's like, okay, you play, you play eight games, uh, and then you go and play a mini tournament, and then you get like two weeks off. Like treat it, treat it the same way how schools treat quarters if they're on a quarter mm-hmm. system, right? Like you give them, like you give them two to three weeks off in between. Um, that way, if they want a week to go visit their family or to hang out or something, they can do that. Um, and then when it's time to go back and get ready for the rest of it, they can do that as well. So I'm wondering though, like, I think that would be a good way to do it, but timing wise, you need, you need the two weeks to like self quarantine after you either go Mm -hmm. into a country or come back from a country. So that's already a month off. Like if it's, if it's the two weeks going to visit their family, that's two weeks that they can't, that they're just in the country. They can't see their family at all yet. Mm-hmm. And then coming that, then that late limits the time that they'll have with their family before they have to come back. And when they come back, when they're isolated, like would, I'm guessing they would be able to play, but they wouldn't really be as open to interact with the team. I'm not sure how how well that would work so the timeline for for doing that would be really really off like there'd be a lot of downtime in between each stage Mm -hmm. yeah i have no idea how this would work that's that's for the league to figure out that's that's (laughs) That's not not us that's our job we've got big brains but uh, that's not our big brain job okay so the next really big moves that we've seen our Glister and Nero have been moved over to the Shock, which, I mean, a lot of the uh, the fan base of even the Shock are like, why is this DPS roster so stacked? Like, how is the league okay with this? Yeah, we... we I, You've already got, what, Tayo <laughs> and, and who else is on there? We have Ons. Yeah, Tayo and Ons. You've got both of them. <laughs> like, uh, You've got a five-man DPS lineup right now. Yeah. Um, the reason that we were discussing a lot of this, I mean, I was talking with um, a couple of the people and they're like, the reason why they want Nero, not only is he like, he's a local kid. He's from yeah, like the San Francisco Bay Area. He was like the but, one white kid on the, uh, what was it the, the charge or the spark? I think it was, the, it was the he was on the charge. Yeah. yeah. The one white kid on the charge. Yeah. And he, he was going to we wanted him on the shock just for like the hometown feel, but also because we feel like Nero's hero pool is kind of big. Mm-hmm. And if we stretch him far enough, he could potentially get to levels to play like rascal and fill in that spot. So that's a re that's a main reason for Nero's pickup. Um, Glister for me was like a big surprise. I was like, I know we need a, a, a solid, like, potential genji player not to like knock tayo out for for his slot but like also just to have like another good like backup dps if we need it or we need a specialist um but like the first thing that happened when nero was signed people were like why did you just get glister like why don't you just grab him and then we're like uh <laughs> like <laughs> why did. not both <laughs> and we just show them the flat taco shell um and they're like yes okay like okay we we have them both like it's it's fine um so yeah that's the one thing that i'm looking at i feel like 
it's going to be really interesting to see how this team works. I know everybody's saying, oh, you know, it's a stacked DPS team. There's not going to be a lot of, uh, you know, their their weakness is going to be their support and their uh, their tank game. And I'm like, we have Choi, Smurf, and Super still. Yeah. And then, like, support line, we have Twilight, uh, Violet, and, uh, and FD God. So... I think we're still pretty okay going into the season. Um, once again, big talent does not necessarily mean results. We saw that with the first season Dallas Fuel. So hopefully, you know, under Krusty, they'll probably get something good. Um, but once again, I can't promise that, you know, SAC team does not mean that we're going to be winning championships again. Yeah, I mean, like, they're they're definitely gunning for that three piece. So I don't think they'd make any moves that they consider risky or things that they don't think Krusty can shape into another championship caliber team. So I definitely they think that a lot of thought went into these moves and they made them with confidence. But goddamn, that stack. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. So moving on to uh the APAC area, um Toby left the dynasty, and so the casters were, especially like the ones who are in Korea right now. So like, um, Wolf and Achilles were like really like upset at this move because, um, I think Toby was the last holdout from the original Lunatic High team that went over mm-hmm. to that that pretty much started out in the dynasty. And like, I'm not, I only got into the Overwatch esports thing when season one was underway, so I don't have that apex overwatch history and and knowing these players but like explain that context to me like why is why is their their moving so significant so when team korea was super dominant back in world cup like season one and two um it was that lunatic high team that really like took them to that level um and put them on the map for the most part for overwatch and it was toby like jaehong zunba um you know, Sabi Obe, it's just that squad. When you saw them move over, um, you love their gameplay. They were fast, they were interesting. Um, and to see Toby leave, obviously, like it's sad on the lunatic high side of knowing like the original team that brought Overwatch, like Korean Overwatch on the map, is now officially gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like if anything, they paved a future for a really strong, you know, Team Korea down the line. Like, without them setting the tempo and saying, like, we did this at our time, um, we wouldn't have good Overwatch in general. Like, people wouldn't believe in Overwatch. Um, but, yeah, this team did really well. I understand from the caster's perspective this is sad. Um, but the funny thing that I think... I. I don't know. I'm just sniffing around here. This is just me putting on my tinfoil Sniff hat away. Here. But Jaehong said he wanted to come back, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Toby left to go with Jaehong. Like, not necessarily to say, oh, I'm leaving I'm leaving the dynasty, right? He's saying, I want to play with Jaehong again. Because those two mm. were the were the, the support duo that made lunatic high as crazy as they were. So let's just say if hypothetically they go back down to like a tier two team um, and they, they make a team with uh, some of the older players from like the old Titans roster, for example, um, 
like they they sign like you know bumper and stuff like that and they make a they make a team uh in tier two they start climbing their way back through tier two and then they get signed up to to go play again i could see that happening i could also see um like if jayhong gets signed he has like a clause that says you have to sign toby as well or you have to bring toby on as either like a coach or a player manager i could see that as well um but yeah it I feel like Toby leaving the dynasty isn't Toby leaving Overwatch. I feel like Toby leaving the dynasty is Toby wanting to go play with Jayhawk. That's some interesting sniffing. Hmm. And there's a lot of teams that still haven't like haven't signed anybody or updated. So mm -hmm. there's still a lot of places they could go exactly there, there's a lot of options for them it just depends on where they want to land and i feel like you need that duo together it's like it's like big goose and Chaz. like if oh yeah if you if you took one of them away you're like uh that's weird right this is so, broken it doesn't work yeah, yeah you took the other half away it's like a pair of scissors with only one scissor yeah it'll work but it's just like it's not a scissor it's a knife yeah yeah, I mean, we, we've seen Kill a Kill. We know how this works, but it's... They did get some but some people, though, on that on the Dynasty team. They got SBB and Animo, so... Yeah. They lost some and they picked some up. SBB, I think, would be... is a, I think he's a good choice. I think I feel like they picked him up because they wanted that, that team captain leadership. Also, yeah. they, they need DPS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They they do. But one thing that I'm I'm wondering once again, it came down to they picked up Sabiobe, right? Yeah, but they already have profit, mm -hmm. right? Like they kind of mm -hmm. overlap in their roles in terms of like their hero pool and what they can play. Um, I feel like. I haven't seen Sabiobe do anything in terms of like the DPS line that's hit scan. Uh, mostly Sabiobe is known for his tracer yeah. uh, and Genji play, which is also the same thing that Prophet plays for the most part. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing if Prophet or, you know, SBB wants to switch it up. Um, they both hop in there. I don't want to say, you know, Fitz is out of a job, but it's it really depends on where they want to slide Sabiobe in there. Or they might they might just tell them here learn this hero or or learn this role, it could be. Because I mean that's what they did with um, they did that with hydration on the uh, the outlaws. He said learn how to tank, and he did. Yeah. So they might be that that that's always an option that um they might see some promise in some of their other roles that they might or they the the players might be like I want to play this role okay so. But we'll see what happens with them. Um, speaking of the outlaws, they signed Crimzo and Happy. Um, never really paid attention to Crimzo all that much before, um, but people are saying like, eh, not he. He's an okay pick, but probably could have gotten someone better. Yeah, I, I was looking at the the memes that are going around. It's like, oh, welcome to the better Texas team. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, <laughs> have you seen the Dallas Fuel this year? Like, <laughs> Dallas Fuel like beefed up. Yeah, uh, it's just like okay, they signed Crimson. I guess that's fine. Um, 
But once again, this gets into the thing of, uh, you know, teams potentially dropping off the map. Nero's gone. Happy was their other great player on the charge. Uh-huh. And now he's on the outlaws. So I don't know what's happening to the charge. If they're going to call up a tier two team or uh, if the league is heading towards potential like dropping of teams, uh, it, it could happen. Vancouver signed Fire, FRD, and Linkser. The Linkser one is interesting for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm st- I just don't know what Vancouver's doing because they let go of Shockwave, who was their team. Like, yeah. No matter what, who else you brought on, like they got better over time, but they still kind of suck. Without Shockwave, you had no team. If you didn't have Shockwave on there, like he came in late to that team, and when they first started, they were just they were limping along. But then you put in Shockwave, and they actually started to become a contenders team because you played around his amazing DPS. I'm yeah. I'm very confused at what vancouver's planning on doing right now because i would have definitely kept shockwave yeah i thought vancouver was going to be one of the teams that like potentially dropped um oh yeah definitely. but it was always a potential for them yeah with the with the sign here i'm like okay well i guess they're trying at least it's it's kind of weird um but yeah the linkser pickup for vancouver i feel like it's okay um i don't know who linkser is going to play with Right, like uh-huh. unless Linkser is like gonna be calling the shots on who he wants on this team, I don't know if there's anything else that could really be done. Because Linkser is primarily sniper. He's primarily sniper. Yeah. He's primarily hit scan. Um, and you you need if you're going to get the most value out of Linkser, like we saw the outlaws not really get value out of him because they were playing Muma all the time and Muma's not he's not a, a, a main tank shield he's not going to be there to really support Linkser or like even they, they played dive too often to really make use of Linkser like the diva Winston was one of their go-tos um, and if you're not constantly like pocketing or shielding Linkser he's going to get targeted hard because he's very dangerous with the widow he's one of like you, we saw him win the Widow 1v1. He's pretty much the best Widow in our league. Um, and if if you're not allowing him to get those headshots without fear of being absolutely dominated by a dive or another sniper, then you had no point in signing him. And then the last one you found, Kevin, is that DM has returned to the Dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he, he got re-signed, and I don't know about like how much playtime he's going to get. That was the one thing that I was mainly discussing um, with a couple of these, with a couple of my friends that were just like, um, with DM coming back um, to to the Dragons, right? Like he was, he was there. I mean, he, he played for a while. It's just a matter of like, who else? Like, do you put DM in over Fleta? Like, do you put him in over, you know, Erster or Lip? Like that that is the one thing. Like he can stand he can make it there. I understand he has the potential to do it. It's just and he's he is a threat. Like having him on the team is a threat. It's just a matter of who are you gonna put in um at what point. I mean, 
once again, they can have him switch it up. It really depends on mm-hmm. what they're what they're feeling. Because DM does a lot of sniping, right? He's he's mm-hmm. a good he's he was in the widow one v one, so, and then Fleta can, Fleta can flex, so yeah. there's that potential there. I feel like if yeah, if you have Fleta DM as your DPS line, it's gonna be scary as hell. DM is just really good at hit scan. Fleta Fleta with the flex, you have a lot of options there. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah we'll, we'll see what they decide to run with it but I'm really glad that DM is back on a team because if no one else was going to pick him up somebody was right so look a lot of these moves are happening so rapidly like the, the league right now is for the most part not what we remember it to be everything all of the the power rankings I'm guessing it with the exception of maybe the San Francisco shock are probably going to be out the window of what we had um and and one of the reasons why people were speculating that this was happening is because this is going to go into the fourth year of our league um and when they were first starting this out they the the overwatch league blizzard had no real idea whether or not this was going to have the staying power so i'm guessing like the the team owners probably didn't want to invest too far out so i the the speculation was they did a lot of really short contracts just to last the first three years and now that the league has been around if it continues to stay around then maybe we're going to see a lot more long-term contracts like at least five-year contracts i really do think it depends on overwatch 2 and the pickup of it yeah if it does really well obviously we will have more involvement in the league but until february the league is kind of still up in the air and i really hope that they learned from overwatch one of like what they missed out on and what they could really execute on if we are losing some teams how many do you think we're going to lose and what teams do you think they would be i want to say we're losing at least two maybe four i want to say four just for the number i think the the numbers wise it would make it a lot easier for left but um i think the charge are gone uh and i think the eternal are gone i think those two teams are probably mm-hmm. not gonna make their way back um another team that's been really quiet is a london spitfire i don't want to yeah. say like they're they're evacuating out of europe completely um but i haven't seen a lot of moves happen from them um I mean, they traded Glister. Like that was their one of their biggest assets. Huh. Uh-huh. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, I would say the last one that I had on my mind was the Vancouver Titans, but they just made a move. So I'm like, they made okay. a big move. They made a big move for some reason. So um, the next one on the list would be the Toronto Defiant. Um, I don't know if they've made any moves in the offseason yet they've uh, signed a few people yeah okay then they signed I, beast I, aztec asunje sato and michelle yeah okay so they're sticking around they're, they're sticking around um but paris and yeah. london have just yeah dropped everybody they haven't signed anybody yeah and the charge hasn't done anything other well they released most of their roster which is the reason why you know we, we see Happy and Nero going to other teams. The Charge have signed Kariv, Mandu, Mike Haley, Choi Siwan, and 
they got new assistant coaches. So mm. we'll, we'll see. That, we'll that's see as like, recent as the 29th of November. So okay. a couple days ago only. I, I don't know if like these are just moves to please the please the Overwatch, you know, commissioners and saying like, oh, we're actually trying still or like maybe they have to hold that seven man slot, you mm-hmm. know, um, it's just a matter of. Are they going to round it out? Are they going to do anything else? You know, oh, man, if they're just using that as a, to hold the slot, those seven players, I'd be so mad. I mean, I'd be so I, mad if I was one of them. It's like, OK, we're, we're assigned to play. Then all of a sudden, you know what? We don't actually want to be in the league. You guys don't have a job. Yeah, that that would that would really suck for them. But like, at least let them know what they're thinking about ahead of time. Um, I mean, a, a team that I'm I'm really looking forward to, obviously, is the LA Gladiators. I feel like if they pick up a solid tank, they're going to be a very scary team. Um, going into the next season, so we'll we'll see where other teams land and who's getting rid of rosters who's looking at the next year too who's going to sign team dog uh, mm. right like all that stuff so we'll see the the concept of just abandoning europe like when you brought that up it's like it it very much looks like what they're going to be doing which is going to be really sad because i know at least in london they said like i was re- i can't remember where i read it but i remember one of the reasons why they really wanted to go into London in the first place, because there's a lot of Overwatch fans there. There's a lot of esports fans there. So, oh man, that's going to be really rough to see just Europe lose all presence. If Paris does decide to call it quits, what could do you think could be behind that? Because I don't, if it's, if performance is their, is their metric, I don't think that's an issue. We saw Paris win one of the tournaments and get pretty damn far in the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So I, I honestly think the, the the metric that they're basing this off of is from a business standpoint, and that's yeah. return of investment. It's got to be money. It's yeah, it's, it's return of watching. investment. Like when I sat down with Andy Miller that one time, like almost a year ago, he said that it's really difficult to get return on investment in the league. And that is the reason why they wanted to have the homestands. They were pushing the homestands so hard because that's the way how the investors, the sponsors, the first people were going to get their money back. And without those, it's hard for them to really say like, oh, we're going to be able to get our money back one way or another. You know, it cost them like 22 million to like get in the league or something like that. So it, it costs a lot to be there. And there's no right. promise that you're gonna make that money back, even when you're paying for your car- your uh, your players' contracts and their livelihood, essentially. So that's the one thing that I think. If you invested, like teams are potentially looking to back out now, just being like, "There's no way how I'm making my money back mm-hmm. here. I'm gonna it's leave COVID. and invest in something else." Yeah. So that's what I see from a business perspective. I can see teams leaving just because it's not profitable. Um, but I would hate for that to happen. Obviously, like you do lose a lot of uh, teammates or you lose a lot of fans in other areas that you wouldn't be able to reach with the teams that we currently have. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I figured the only really, the only thing that could push them for this would be money. Anything else? I. It's been a relatively quiet week. 
That's fine. A quiet week is good. Uh, we're probably going to be blasting your ears off coming in the next uh, two weeks or so, depending on uh, the holiday event. I'm speculating holiday event probably starts up on uh, the 15th. I want to say the 15th or the 22nd. Last year, they did the 22nd and they did it all the way to the 12th, uh, which is okay. No, no, it has to be the 22nd through the 5th. That's going to be there one, two. That's two weeks, not 15th, 15th through the fifth. That sounds like a good bit of time. Yep. Yeah. That almost hits Three Kings Day. So that almost hits your entire Christmas season, holiday season. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in this week. Um, as always, we're still waiting for someone to either message the account or send us an email just to interact with us. Um, oh, let me see if I can figure out what our metrics were for the end of November. Last month, we were trying to hit 300. We missed it by one. Guess how many downloads we had this month? Probably like 40. <laughs> we had 243, which is down from last month, but still good. Oh, well, we went down a little bit. Hopefully, we'll come back in in the December months. Uh, oh, you know how everybody's like, doing their spotify thing where it's like oh this is your wrap-up for the year mm-hmm. so my friend sent me a message and he's like dude i've only listened to your podcast for like 10 minutes but it's number one on my listen to podcasts list so because we're so- the only podcast <laughs> so camp name double fudge dude sad that you only listen to 10 minutes but like thanks for putting us at the top of your list (laughs) all right guys thanks for listening and we will be back at you next week hopefully we'll have some holiday event stuff to talk about if not then it'll be within the next week after that um yeah uh stay safe and, and, and don't get the covid adios Next week, we update you on any events or news from the world of Overwatch. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.